0: Hey listening family, recently I preached a message on stop the slander in our congregation. Man, there was quite a response because all of us want to understand what slander is. We don't want to do it because we've all been slandered before and we know how much it hurts. Well, in the message that morning, we used a graphic with a stop sign with the word slander and a line going through it. Stop the slander. What is slander? Are we doing it? As it happened to us? How can we overcome it? How can we measure our motives when we're speaking about somebody and ask the questions that we need to ask about whether it's fruitful and whether it's glorifying to God? We'll find out more about that today on
1: Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Let's turn to Romans chapter
0: 1. Romans chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans 1. As Paul is talking about the unbelieving world and what they do as their practice. Romans 1. Look at verse 29. This is the unbelieving world that rejects God. Romans 1.29. Paul says, being filled, they are filled, Romans 1.29, with all unrighteousness wickedness, greed, Romans 129, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, Romans 130, slanderers. If you have a new King James or King James, it says they are backbiters, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, and disobedient to parents. And so this is an ugly list, and this is kind of what is known in the unbelieving world, a spectator sport of jumping on the, the news story of someone's ugly mess that they've created or something's happened or someone did this or did that wrong. And the news stories will run for days and people will debate it and they'll talk about it and they don't mind filleting somebody on the air. If you turn to the book of Galatians, let me read something from Jim Simbala. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, just a few pages over to the right. Jim Symbala says, about 20 years ago, writing in Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, I said something impromptu to new members standing in a row across the front of the church. As we received them, the Holy Spirit prompted me to add, and now I charge you that if you ever hear another member speak an unkind word of criticism or slander against anyone, myself, an usher, a choir member, or anyone else, that you stop that person in mid-sentence and say, excuse me, who hurt you? Who ignored you? Who slighted you? Was it Pastor Symbala? Let's go to his office right now. He'll apologize to you, and then we'll pray together so God can restore peace to this body. But we won't let you talk critically about people who aren't present to defend themselves. I'm serious about this. I'm quoting I want you to help resolve this kind of thing immediately. And know this, if you are ever the one doing the loose talking, we will confront you. To this day, says Simbala, every time we receive new members, I say much the same thing. That's because I know what most easily destroys churches. It's not crack cocaine, government oppression, or even lack of funds. Rather, it's gossip and slander that grieves the Holy Spirit. As I come to this message and come before you this morning, I would say to you that we all probably are guilty in one way or another of running somebody down. Maybe we've caught ourselves as we've joined in a discussion about somebody else, or maybe we were leading the discussion and then we later realize, you know, all I was doing, my motive for repeating that information or saying what I said about that person was my motive was impure wrong and it was sin and nothing less than sin. We already have an enemy who goes about seeking someone to devour. And by, one of, by the way, one of the names of the devil is a slanderer. If you look up the word devil, diabolos in Greek, it literally means a traducer or a slanderer. Now, in the context of the book of James, we have just read that we're supposed to submit to God and Resist the devil and he will what? Flee from us. One of the ways that we resist the devil is resisting letting him have our mouth in slandering other people because he, get this people, is the slanderer. So he inspires much of this stuff. He uses many people as a tool toward his end to run others down, to make them feel low, to chop them down, and in the end in many cases to ruin people's reputations in galatians 5:14 paul wrote to the galatian church and said for the whole law galatians 5:14 is fulfilled in one word in the statement you shall love your neighbor as yourself but if you bite and devour one another galatians 5:15 take care lest you be consumed by one another but i say here's the solution people of god walk by the spirit direct context. This is how you keep from biting and devouring one another. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. I bet a lot of you know that verse by heart, Galatians 5.16. But did you know that it comes right after a warning that if you bite and devour one another with your mouth, you're going to destroy one another. Solution, walk by the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit control you. And you will not carry out, you will not speak out the desires of your flesh. And many times, sadly, the desire of my flesh is to make somebody else look bad so I can look good. It's slander. In the book of uh, Ephesians, just a little bit more to your right, you got uh, Galatians and Ephesians. Go to chapter 4 for a second. Ephesians 4. One writer called harsh criticism, slander, and gossip the devil's feast. Look at Ephesians 4 verse 30. Ephesians 4:30 says earlier he said don't give the devil an opportunity that's in uh, Ephesians 4:27 and then he says in verse 30 of Ephesians 4 don't grieve the holy spirit of god by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all Ephesians 4:31 bitterness and wrath which could be rage, anger, clamor And slander, hear the Greek word blasphemia, injurious speech, vilifying others, be put away from you, along with all malice, which is a general term for evil. And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. If you, O Lord, kept a record of the sins of my mouth, O Lord, who could stand? I couldn't stand in your presence. I'm so grateful that the sins of my tongue, my mouth, have been nailed to the cross. I'm so grateful that Jesus Christ died for all the sins. And even the slander that went his way. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What were they doing? Oh, you, you said you're the Son of God. Come down from the cross. You, who said you would destroy the temple in three days and raise it up again. You, you say you're the Son of God. You! You see all the slander as he hung on the cross? I mean, I, I heard somebody the other night said, if, if Peter was one of my close friends and denied that he even knew me three times and then had gone fishing, would you pursue Peter if he was one of your close friends? Would you be quick to forgive him on a seashore and charge him with the work of the ministry? But see, this is our Lord. He is so gracious and so good. We are not called to be on search, spiritual search-and-destroy missions. We are not called to knock people off pedestals. Or can't Hughes, most people are painfully aware of their own faults and would like to overcome them. Sometimes this talking down of other is, others is simply because we don't have much to talk about. So they fuel the fires of our conversation. We fuel the fires of our conversation with the flesh of others," close quote. We're bored. We don't know what to talk about. Hey, how about so-and-so? Hey, I can bring up so-and-so's faults. And this is what was happening in the church. Psalm 101 verse 5, if you note, it says, "...whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. No one who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart will I endure." Barclay translates this as stop talking harshly about each other. Don't speak disdainfully of one another, says Martin in the word commentary. We are charged to walk in newness of life. Turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is uh, a book filled with wisdom and challenge. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 6 for a second. Proverbs 6. This is the list of the things that the Lord hates. You've probably seen it before, but let's take a look again. Uh, Proverbs 6.16 says there are six things, Proverbs 6.16, which the Lord hates, yes, seven which are an abomination to him. They are literally detestable to him. Proverbs 6.17, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, 6.18, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who what? Who spreads strife among brothers? I can't help but think of the scene in the Lord of the Rings. Go to Proverbs 10. Look at verse 18. Proverbs 10:18 says, "He who conceals hatred has lying lips." Proverbs 10:18: "He who spreads slander is a fool." When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of a right of the righteous is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of understanding. Isaiah 32 7 says, As for a scoundrel, his weapons are evil. He devises wicked schemes to destroy the afflicted with slander, even though the needy one speaks what is right. The fool here in Isaiah 32 7, the scoundrel he wants to destroy with slander and that he does the scriptures chronicle the devastating effects of slander let me just read this little paragraph to you and we'll go back to James Proverbs 16 28 and 17 9 say it destroys friendships does slander Proverbs 18 8 and 26 22 says slander causes deep wounds while Proverbs eleven nine 9 and Isaiah 32 7 warn that slander can ultimately destroy people stirs up contention hey listening family this is pastor michael i want to tell you a little bit about a college that we have going it's called the truth academy it meets at living truth christian fellowship in the city of corona and it's an apologetic school with also an emphasis on theology do you want to grow in your faith do you want to be more equipped to share your faith in the public square well this school will help you and here's joe kelly the director of the truth academy to tell you more
1: thank you pastor michael boy has there ever been a time where the need has been greater for god's people to know what they believe and why they believe it well the truth academy is here to help the believer contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints so i would encourage our listeners pastor michael to go online to thetruthacademy.com, take a look see what we have to offer our classes are available either in person if you live in southern california Or if you want to take a class online, that's available too. You can learn from the comfort of your own home. Once again, that's thetruthacademy.com. We look forward to having you as a student in the near future.
0: Thanks, Joe. That's exciting news. thetruthacademy.com to give reasons for faith, reasons for hope in our culture. Man, it's so desperately needed. Check it out today. thetruthacademy.com. Slander causes deep wounds while Proverbs 11.9 and Isaiah 32.7 warn that slander can ultimately destroy people. Slander stirs up contention, Proverbs 26.20, spreads strife, Proverbs 6.19, and those who do it become fools. Would you turn back to the book of James? Noah Webster, in his 1828 edition of, of the Dictionary, defines slander as a false tale or report maliciously uttered intending to injure the reputation of another by lessening him in the esteem of his fellow citizens, by exposing him to impeachment and punishment, or by impairing his means of living. This is from a uh, commentary by John MacArthur. He says, The havoc a slanderous tongue can cause is graphically illustrated by the following story. They were a happy little family living in a small town in North Dakota, even though the young mother had not been entirely well since the birth of her second baby. Each evening, the neighbors were aware of the warmth in their hearts when they would see the husband and father being met at the gate by his wife and two small children. There was laughter in the evening, too. And when the weather was nice, father and children would romp together on the back lawn while mother looked on with happy smiles. Then one day, a village gossip started a story, saying that the father was being unfaithful to his wife, a story entirely without foundation. But it eventually came to the ears of the young wife, and it was more than she could bear. Reason left its throne, and that night when her husband came home, there was no one to meet him at the gate. No laughter in the house, no fragrant aroma coming from the kitchen, only coldness and something that chilled his heart with fear. Down in the basement, he found the three of them hanging from a beam. Sick and in despair, the young mother had taken the lives of her two children and then her own. In the days that followed, the truth of what happened came out. A gossip's tongue, an untrue story, and a terrible tragedy. This is why the Bible says that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. This is why we know that the words that we speak so easily and flippantly can have devastating results. Jesus said we're supposed to love each other with a royal law. Uh, James calls it the royal law. Jesus said it's the great commandment. Here's the question. I'm going to ask it of myself and by extension ask it of you. Do I spend more time running down others or lifting them up? I just want you to think on that for a second. Do I spend more time running other people down or lifting them up. Now, all of you have heard the idea of edification. We're supposed to edify others. That's to build them up. Have you noticed that edifiers are rare while running downers are pretty common? When you find an edifying person, a person who's regularly building others up and not willing to participate in running others down, it seems to be rare. Because as I mentioned, there's something in us that seems to glob on to that kind of stuff. Jesus put it this way, from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, listen, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. That's Mark 7. 21 and 23, Jesus put his finger on the problem as he always does. The problem is my heart. My heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can understand it? Sometimes I think even after something like this happens or maybe we've joined in on something, we can look at our heart and say, oh Lord, help me with this. Help me to be better. Help me to lead others by example. Check out James 4.11 again. It says, Brothers, NIV, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. The exhortation notice is to brothers. It's to the church. It's an exhortation because we are in Christ to be different, to treat each other differently. All of this, just like so much in the book of James, makes me just say, I need a savior. I need a savior. And James might pound the pulpit at this point and say, stop the slander. You have a savior. Become more like him. Let his spirit rule your life. Let's become a different kind of community. Too many churches, even this morning, are ravaged by the tongue and the negative effects therein. Jay Vernon McGee was preaching this morning on KKLA. And he said, you know, a mirror is interesting because when you look at a mirror, and James has already used that in James chapter one. He said, when you look at a mirror, all it can do is expo- expose your blemishes, right? It can't, the mirror can't fix my blemishes. All it can do is expose them. It takes the wash basin, as McGee put it, or the sink and the water to get the blemish off. All the mirror can do is show me the problem. The water must cleanse me of the problem. And in the same way, the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and of course, ultimately, the power of the cross is what cleanses us from the problem. And we need all the help we can get. And so James says, don't speak. Don't run each other down, James 4.11, because if you do, you have become a judge of the law. You are not a doer of the law. You've become a judge of it. There is only, verse 12, James 4, one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you who judge your neighbor? Turn over to Psalm 50. Psalm 50. We're going to be bouncing around this morning in our Bibles, but it's going to be good. Psalm 50. Take a look at verse 16 of Psalm 50. Many of the Psalms are honest Christ to God for help, repentance, uh, cheering our souls. But here's what Psalm 50 verse 16 says. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to tell of my statutes, to take my covenant in your mouth? Psalm 50, verse 17, for you hate discipline, you cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you are pleased with him. And you associate with adulterers. You, you let your mouth loose in evil. Your tongue frames deceit. You sit, Psalm 50, verse 20, and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I kept silence. You thought that I was just like you. I will reprove you and state the case in order before your eyes. Can you imagine how many unbelievers will appear before God on Judgment Day? And they won't have one thing to say, because just one week of their mouth alone will condemn them. How about one hour of their mouth? How about one minute? How about one second sometimes? Because... Jesus put it this way. Every careless word that a person utters, he will give an account for on the day of judgment. Did you hear that? Every careless word. I need a Savior. (laughs) I'm not reading the book of James anymore. I'm going to close the book of James and just say, I need a Savior. Okay, James, I'm convinced. But I think James, through the power of the Holy Spirit, knows that this is a problem that doesn't end at the church doors. Paul says in 2 Corinthians twelve twenty, I am afraid that perhaps when I come, I may find you to be not what I wish. I may fi- find you to be not what I wish, that perhaps there may be strife and jealousy, anger, tempers, disputes, slanders, gossip, arrogance, disturbances. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God may humiliate me before you, and I may mourn over you, over many of those who have sinned in the past and not repented. Chuck Smith tells a story. He said uh, he was in the church office and he got a telephone call from a woman and she uh, said, you know, my husband and I have been coming to the church for years and I believe that Chuck knew the man. And my husband has left me and he's, he's with another woman and I want you to go talk to him. And so Chuck agreed and he was driving over to the place that this, now, this man who was married is now shacked up with another woman. And so he arrived and he knocked on the door and the man opened the door and he was disheveled. And this woman that he was cheating with, you know, kind of looked out and she was disheveled. It was a cheap apartment downtown and he sat down on the couch. And and the the man was very sheepish, you know, to know that Pastor Chuck was at his house and what he was up to. And they sat down on the couch and Chuck said he had been praying that he would be able to share the right thing to waken this guy up. And he said, as he began to try to open his mouth, all he could do was cry. He said he started going on babbling like a little baby, <laughs> and he was crying. And he said he, and he would try to say something, he'd just start crying again. And finally he said, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't bring it together. I, I, I got to go. And he said he just walked out of the man's house and he left after crying in front of him for five or ten minutes. got in his car and felt like a complete failure. He said, here I am a pastor, and I, I was supposed to share some pearl of wisdom in this man's sinful rebellion to God. And all I could do was cry like a little baby. What a failure I am as a pastor. Until he got a telephone call that the next day the man had gone home. Because the Lord had used the broken heart of Chuck Smith and his tears to send all the message that that man needed to hear. See, even the brokenness of his mourning and tears was the Holy Spirit. And if you're like me, sometimes I look at my own heart, I look at the world, I look at how people run each other down, and all I want to do, frankly, is cry. Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael. I want to tell you a little bit about a college that we have going. It's called the Truth Academy. It meets at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, and it's an apologetic school with also an emphasis on theology. Do you want to grow in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to share your faith in the public square? Well, this school will help you, and here's Joe Kelly, the director of the Truth Academy,
1: to tell you more. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Boy, has there ever been a time where the need has been greater for God's people to know what they believe and why they believe it? Well, the Truth Academy is here to help the believer contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So I would encourage our listeners, Pastor Michael, to go online to thetruthacademy.com. Take a look. See what we have to offer. Our classes are available either in person if you live in Southern California Or if you want to take a class online, that's available too. You can learn from the comfort of your own home. Once again, that's thetruthacademy.com. We look forward to having you as a student in the near future.
0: Thanks, Joe. That's exciting news. thetruthacademy.com to give reasons for faith, reasons for hope in our culture. Man, it's so desperately needed. Check it out today, thetruthacademy.com.
1: Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.